This is a Centre for Stories podcast. I'm Claudia from the team here at the Centre for Stories. Saga Sisterhood was a transformative performance project for women from communities who identify as South Asian and come from non-performer backgrounds. This story is from Asha Kiani. After her mother passed away, Asha dedicated her life to honouring her mum's memory and spirit. But she soon found herself stuck in a continuing cycle of trying to live up to her mum's expectations, or what she thought they were. Hi, I'm Asha Kiani, and my story is called A Mother's Love. Twelve years old. Do you remember being twelve? The cusp of teenage years. The big bang of physical and emotional development. I was 12 when my mum died. Breast cancer, a tumour, mastectomy, a huge scar running across her chest, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, sickness, blurred vision, pain in her head. The cancer came back. It spread throughout her body. It took 10 months to kill her. I feel like death does different things to different people. What shall we have for supper? Does anyone have any clothes to wash? Who's going to take the girls to school? Shall we go for a walk? What shall we do? Keep busy, keep busy, keep busy. But then you know that when they have a moment to themselves in their room, they're crying. And then there are others who don't say anything at all, as if nothing's happened. But then you see them find comfort in rocking back and forth or praying. But me? I was fine at first. I started high school, made friends, was getting good marks, was bubbly. But then time passed, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, and I started to feel the pain. It's like, you know how the umbilical cord in the womb is the life source for the baby? It feeds it and nurtures it and keeps it alive. It felt like an emotional umbilical cord had been prematurely cut from me. This feeling stayed with me. But I carried on. I finished high school, left my hometown and moved to the city, to Perth, to start university. Again, on paper, I was fine, made lots of friends, got good grades, was doing okay. But by the end of my first year of university, I was a mess inside. I had just turned 18 and my sense of identity had completely spiraled. I was really fortunate at this time that where I was studying, offered some small scholarships for students to undertake some meaningful travel during their summer holidays. I applied for one of these and was very lucky to get one. With the money, I bought tickets to go to Sri Lanka. Why Sri Lanka? When my mum was in her 20s, she had the opportunity to travel to Sri Lanka. She went there and absolutely fell in love with the country, the people and the culture. She learned how to speak fluent Sinhalese and ended up living there for 10 years. 
So there I was some 25 years later. I didn't know all of these things about my mum, just that she'd been there. I arrived in Colombo by myself at night and got in a taxi. It was dark outside, so I couldn't see much. I arrived at the house of one of my mum's good friends from back in the day and was greeted with kiribath, rice cooked in rich coconut cream and chilli sambal. Oh, it was so delicious. And then I went to sleep. The next day, I had my first experience of Sri Lanka. It was incredible, a bombardment of my senses. I was so intrigued. I kept imagining my mum hustling and bustling through the streets, bartering at the fish markets, speaking with her friends. Mum's friend then took me 25 minutes out of Colombo to visit Mora to a home for differently abled girls. This was a home that my mum had helped set up and had lived at for many years. I was greeted by women of many ages with big warm smiles. Some of them cried because I reminded them of my mum. They said that I had her smile. The matron of the home went to the cupboard and got out a photo. It was me as a baby with my name written on the back. My mum had posted it to her after I was born. I spent a week at this home. I stayed in the exact room my mum had lived in, a small concrete room with a spring bed in the corner and a tap in the other to wash. I would go to sleep to the sound of crickets and wake to the sound of the girls singing and laughing. Nobody really spoke English, but I could communicate with my facial expressions and hand gestures. The women there showed me so much love. It was as if they were giving to me the same love my mum had given them many years before. After my time there, I flew back to Perth and carried on with life. But I definitely felt more connected to mum and a bit more healed. Because you see, now I had this renewed sense of hope. A new narrative by which I could live my life. A sense of purpose. I could use my life to celebrate my mum's. I could make it so that her death wasn't in vain. I could carry on her legacy. I formed this sort of 3D hologram of mum in my mind and it was very concerned with everything I did. When I'd make different choices or be making friends, I'd think mum would approve of this or she'd like this person. Oh, I think, I think mum would be proud of this but then I'd also feel extreme guilt if I did something that I thought she might not approve of, like saying yes to having a boyfriend when I was 18. Don't worry, mum, I ended up marrying him. And while lots of friends around me were doing anything they could to not turn into their mothers, I craved to be like mine. I yearned for people to tell me that I had physical features like hers or that I reminded them of her. As sweet as these sentiments were, this was no way to live. I could only carry on this narrative of hope for so long and stave off the inevitable existential question of who am I, what is my purpose, what is my potential for so long. After I got married when I was 23, my husband and I would often have this conversation 
He was never quite sure how to put it, but he'd explained that he felt like he could give me as much of his love as he could, but somehow it felt like that love couldn't always reach me because I didn't have an innate love for myself, for my own being. He was right. How could I have love for myself when I had spent all of this time, these formative years, seeking the validation and love for someone else, living for someone else? I started picturing myself as a mother in the future and thought about my future children and worried about how I would be able to give them the love that they needed if I was still constantly searching for that love from my mum. And so, last year in 2018, I went for a trip to the UK and spent time with my mum's family. I spent time with her siblings and asked them all the questions I needed to. What was she like when she was a young girl? What was she like when she was my age? What were her hobbies? Was she excited to be pregnant? Did she enjoy being a mother? It was during one of these conversations that my uncle, my mum's elder brother, turned to me and said, Asha, there's one thing I can tell you about your mum. She spent a lot of her life trying to live up to her mother's expectations. And you see, in every family, in every lineage, there are cycles and patterns. And it is up to you to choose which ones of those you want to continue and which ones you want to break and to create new ones. In that moment, it felt like shackles were lifted from my body. In that moment, it felt like shackles had been lifted from my body. I felt some clarity. I had been spending all this time trying to live my life for my mother, trying to live up to her expectations or what I thought they were. And in doing so, I was carrying on a cycle. And I realized if I really wanted to honor her life and death, I needed to go out and see what potential my limbs and my mind had, who I was and what I have to contribute to the world. From that day onwards, I have vowed to myself every day to live wholeheartedly, to find my own potential. My mother's love has always been with me. It's part of me. And now it is for me to carry forward my life, to find my potential, to live wholeheartedly. Since then, a phrase by my favorite poet, Khalil Gibran, has taken on a new meaning and I think about it often. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this story, please rate, review and subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like to listen to more stories, check out our upcoming events, subscribe to our mailing list or find out more about what we do, head to centreforstories.com.